Hey, it's Gaz here from Gaz on the Go, getting there with Gaz. We talk fantasy and, of course, LeVac Gaz. I'm on a lot of Gaz in the Media podcasts. You're listening to one right now. The best thing we can ask for you to do is to remember to download, subscribe, rate, or review to your favorite Gaz in the Media podcast. If you're listening on Apple right now, you see the comments, leave a comment. It means a lot to us. A review as well for your favorite podcast. So we appreciate you doing that. And the other big thing we ask of you, to support our sponsors, the great people that make the Godzilla Media Podcast happen, like the one you're listening to right now, one of those great people, great businesses, Johnstone Supply in Troy, right there on 6th Avenue in Troy, and if you're like me and you're not great with directions, it's right near that famous barbecue place in Troy, Johnstone Supply, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, you're looking to upgrade in your home, the place to call is Johnstone Supply in Troy, 518-272-5922. Fujitsu ductless splits, energy-saving, ultra-low temperature models. How about operating as low as negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit? And now Johnstone Supply is carrying the J-Series VRF systems. We're talking even more efficiency and even more flexibility for your home. This is stuff you got to grab now. If you're looking for that more of that more basic efficient option also cost efficient which you're really looking forward to the westinghouse also made by fujitsu is there at johnstone supply and troy for you where you stop in say hello to our guy tom and maybe it's james kevin rob whoever it might be check out their website now johnstonesupply.com we're talking about upgrading your home it means so much to you do it the right way johnstone supply in troy call them today again one more time 518-272-5922 proud partners of this Godzilla Media podcast and also Techies Fire and Water Restoration, your best way back to normal. TEFireWater.com if you're looking to find ways to upgrade your home. We're talking about mold damage, heat, fire, whatever it might be. I guess heat and fire are the same thing. But mold damage, water damage is what I was looking for. They'll do it all for you over at Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Mike Corden and his team helping you get back to normal. Make sure to remember that when things go wrong, safety or information on your phone. Techies Fire and Water Restoration helping LeVac and Gaz take over this summer, going live on location a bunch of different spots. But you may have heard the news. My pal LeVac has recently been named the team president of the Albany Empire in its playoff season. So go out and support the Albany Empire August 7th and August 14th. Two home games inside the Times Union Center. I've already jumped a gun. Semis and finals. That's how confident I feel in this Albany Empire team. But go out and support Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal, tefirewater.com. Now, back to this Godzilla Media Podcast. All right. Welcome back to another episode, the first August edition of Sports with the Z and a T. It's hard to believe it's already oh, August, yeah. and we're we're two months into doing the show. Football training camp is, is on. Oh, God. I lost count. I... I, I love how I went from like when we record our episodes, um, Gaz is the one that uploads them. So I always had them labeled sports episode one, sports episode two. We're already to the point where I just put the date because I forgot how many episodes this is. I think it's at least 10, I think. Mm, um, like that, yeah. But if you're still sticking with us, listening with us, thank you very much. We are obviously presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Saving Face Barbershop, Techies Fire and Water Restoration, as you heard right before this show aired, um, as well as Mohawk Honda. And we want to welcome, like I said, we appreciate you listening, watching, and supporting us here at Sports with the Z and a T. And like I mentioned, new month, and that means a new sponsor. 
We'd like to give a shout out to Johnstone Supply in Troy for joining the Godzilla Media uh, family. And if you are looking to upgrade your heating, ventilation, air conditioning, or more in your home, Johnstone Supply in Troy is your place. This month, they are offering up their Fujitsu ductless splits. We are talking about an energy-saving ultra-temp model for your home. Also, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, this summer they are carrying the new J Series VRF systems. These systems will be more efficient and flexible for any set. Up to you, and up to you what you have in your home right now. Plus, in stock they have for you the Westinghouse made by Fujitsu for the more basic, cost-efficient option. And for more information, call them today at five one eight two seven two five nine two two, or visit them on Sixth Ave down in Troy, not too far away from a very popular barbecue restaurant that is pretty darn good. <laughs> so, if you enjoy the podcast, which I know you do because you're listening to us and other Godzilla Media podcasts, make sure to find out more about our partners at Johnstone Supply in Troy. One more time with their number to connect it's 518 272 5922. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Call today or stop in and say hello to our guys, Tom, James, Kevin, or Rob, and tell them you heard about Johnstone from us here at Sports with a Z and a T podcast from Godzilla Media. So big things coming, new month, new beginnings. And uh, it's not often in August that we're talking about this, but we had the NBA draft last week. We had a lot of trades go down. NBA free agency is going on. The NBA draft Mm -hmm. itself wasn't as exciting. I mean, Cade Cunningham went first. It was pretty much chalk. You had some swaps of picks here and there, but nothing out of the ordinary, nothing crazy. Uh, what was crazy on draft night was the absolute bombshell of a trade. The Washington Wizards sent Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Montrez, Harrell, Contavious, Caldwell, Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and the 22nd pick of that draft. Um, I'm going to get your thoughts on this before I say my piece. I have... I have both sides uh, of the coin on this trade, Taylor. I'm not a huge fan of it, and I'll get to that after you. And, yeah, you looked at me crazy. I think this is a horrible trade for the Los Angeles Lakers, but I want to get your thoughts first. Okay. Um, So do I love it? Um, I wouldn't say that I love it. Um, I think everyone and their mother, when they saw that, kind of looked at it and went – like, huh? Like, the fit is is strange, to say the least. Because you always think when you have a LeBron James team, the one thing you want the most is shooters. Shooters around him always. Because that's how LeBron works. He's, he's a distributor. He's the de facto point guard usually on the team. And so you want to surround him with kind of three and D guys, that's the best way to go. That's how Miami had success. That's how Cleveland had success. I mean, you had guys like, um, you know, Kyrie Irving who would get their shot off. There's always that kind of guy. And that's what AD is kind of the guy you can throw it to wherever. And he can, he can also kind of get his own shot if, if need be, or LeBron can set him up. Um, But then you also have the guy like Kevin Love where Kevin Love was relegated basically from where he was in Minnesota as, you know, an, an interior guy, he was relegated to basically, you know, st- stand in the corner and take these spot up threes when I give them to you. 
And I mean, if you shoot well, you're going to get wide open shots because I'm LeBron James and you know, that's just how he works. The, the defense has to collapse to him. And so then he kicks it out. And Russell Westbrook is, if there's one thing Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is not, it is a three-point shooter. <laughs> um, but the way, the reason I kind of am intrigued by it is when was the last time that you ever saw LeBron play with a true point guard? Someone mm. who can dominate Kyrie. the ball. I guess you could say Kyrie, but not really. Mm, he's not a true point guard. He is more of a shooting guard, if anything else, because he's he score first. He's passed second. Not that Russell Westbrook doesn't score a lot, but like he has averaged literally double-digit assists for the past, I don't know how many years. He's averaged a triple-double, so it's like he does everything. And so it's going to be interesting because now you can stagger them a bit. Like when they're all, when all three of them are on the court, it's going to be weird. And I think they're going to try to rely on having playing hard defense. Um, and Russell Westbrook is a high energy guy. Always like he always plays hundred percent, which will, I think will help the whole team. Cause you know, LeBron in the last couple of years, uh, one of the biggest criticisms is he kind of like coasts a lot because he has to, cause he's in year 19 and he's, getting older and he's trying to conserve himself for certain situations. And so I think he will keep the energy for the whole team up. And I think all the energy will kind of flow through Westbrook. And so maybe the defense will, will stay um, really locked in for most games. And then once they get on the break, I mean, LeBron, Russell Westbrook and AD is going to be monster in transition. I mean, cause now you have the situation where Russell Westbrook, gets the rebound because as he does and then he sprints down the court and then you have AD and LeBron where they can go either way and like if you give it to LeBron he can oop it to AD or vice versa so their transition game is going to be a monster but when those three are on the court in the half court I I wonder if LeBron will play more kind of off like the report came out that Russell Westbrook was like yeah I'll play more off ball it's like okay (laughs) But like, yeah, okay. I think it would almost be better for LeBron to play off ball because he's a better shooter. So if he comes off screens and gets a wide open look and Westbrook kicks it to him, I think that'll work better for them. Um, but when LeBron goes to the bench, now you have a guy who is a certified playmaker who can average 10 plus assists per game to kind of lighten the load. So hopefully when LeBron goes to the bench, they don't lose all their momentum. And if LeBron wants to take a playoff in terms of playmaking, he doesn't have to dominate the ball all the time. So I think the hope is that he saves like Russell Westbrook saves some of that, those duties from LeBron so that he can, you know, not have to go hundred percent, be the point guard 100% of the time for a team. Cause if LeBron's not on the, like this last year, if LeBron wasn't the one taking the ball up and it was like, you know, Schroeder or anything like Schroeder doesn't scare you in any way, shape or form as a playmaker or as a scorer. And if Russell Westbrook can score and also distribute and get, you know, those lobs set up for AD and they did, they made a bunch of other moves too. The Lakers didn't. Um, They're interesting. They got a lot of three and D guys. Like I said before, Kent Bazemore and Wes Matthews and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Trevor Reza. I think they got Trevor Reza. Um, Brought in Mello, brought back Dwight. Yeah, they got, they got Mello. Yep. They got Dwight to back up. Cause I think Anthony Davis is also going to play a lot more center is what they'd say. Although I don't know how that bodes well for his health, because the dude can't play center, it seems. I was um, I'll say when you play when you face true centers, he's a liability. 
Exactly, which is a problem. Um, not that he can't defend real centers. He can. He can. He can be a true center. Like he's good at center. The problem is he just can't stay healthy when he's at center. So I mean, maybe putting in Dwight, you know, can maybe lighten the load for him. And Mello is an interesting one. I I don't know how that's gonna be, but I mean, if 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 LeBron can drag this team to the the finals and if they win a title and Westbrook gets a title and Carmelo gets a title, it's just going to be, it'll be nuts. Just like all the veterans getting those, their titles. So there's good. And then there's bad to this trade. I'll start with the good because for me, it's a shorter list than the bad. Um, The Lakers struggled to have any semblance of, offense when lebron is off the court we know this right and Mm -hmm. that that's to your point you know he would be seen coasting because he had to be out on the court more because once he was off the lakers were horrible Mm -hmm. as long as you make sure lebron teams right as long as you make sure one of westbrook or lebron is on the court at all times the lakers offense should be a lot more steady and consistent Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's a better fit with James, but Westbrook's ability to steer the ship and far superior talent um, than any other Lakers point guard since LeBron's been there should make a big difference. Just plain simple because of the all-star talent that Westbrook is. He's one of the best playmakers in the league to your point as well, which is something the Lakers have really lacked. Uh, The departure of Rajon Rondo, I think made that quite glaring last year. Mm-hmm. The Lakers really only had James to rely on. So now with someone else who can create shots for himself and others, you should see a boost there because Westbrook is one of the better, um, not pure scorers in the league, but uh, he's, he's one of the better per not perimeter paint scorers in the NBA. Um, Having someone who's a threat to get to the rim every time he comes down the floor should help the Lakers offense some. However, let's get to why I think this is not a good trade for the Lakers. For starters, the Lakers' biggest weakness last last season was the shooting. So, and Mm -hmm. not just shooting, three-point shooting. They were, and I brought up the point of this when we were talking about them in the playoffs and why I thought they weren't going to make it to the finals. They were 21st in three point percentage and 25th in makes last season. Westbrook's probably the worst high volume shooter in the history of basketball. And that's (laughs) not being dramatic. Last season, he shot under 32% from deep. For reference, Dennis Schroeder shot almost 34%. So your point to Schroeder and Westbrook, that's a, that's a check mark for Schroeder. If you thought the spacing was bad last year, then just wait when Westbrook's on the court. Two years ago when Westbrook played against the Lakers in the playoffs, their defensive strategy was literally to leave him wide open every play. Mm -hmm. Houston had shooters all over the court to help mitigate Westbrook's shooting issues, and it was still horrible. Now imagine when he's on a Lakers team that can't shoot. Mm -hmm. Um He's going to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis, two elite players whose biggest weakness is shooting. And does that make sense? To me, no, it doesn't. Another issue with Westbrook is his ball security. (laughs) Westbrook has averaged at least four turnovers per game in seven consecutive seasons. Nobody has done that more than five times, and only James Harden has done it more than three. So Mm. we're already – and if you watched the playoffs last year – against the Sixers, Westbrook t- 
turned the ball over at a ungodly rate. I mean, almost <laughs> every, I mean, it was horrible to watch because personally for years, I have liked Russell Westbrook and I think there are certain teams that he would be a really good fit on. This Lakers team is not the fit. It, it, it just isn't for me. Westbrook is an objectively terrible defensive player, despite what his reputation claims, because a lot of that is on the offensive side of the court. The only time he puts the effort on defense is when he's chasing steals or rebounds to get his triple-double. Mm-hmm. Um, one of West and I call him Westbrook, one of Westbrook's biggest strengths, though, is scoring <laughs> But even that has its flaws because he can't shoot. He has to occupy the same space as Anthony Davis. So mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about clogging up the same pace. You're trying to open it up for Anthony Davis. You're talking about moving Anthony Davis to center. But he's utilizing the same area that Westbrook needs to utilize. And LeBron's a better shooter than both of them. But is he that much better that he can't or shouldn't utilize that same area you have three all-star elite talents that require the same area of the court so you're seeing where i'm getting here a little bit mm-hmm. um because westbrook can't shoot well he has he has to be in the paint and out of all 34 players to average at least 20 points per game over the past four years westbrook is 33rd out of 34 players in true shooting percentage that's it's he's awful he is awful the the, the Lakers, to me, um, they this trade screams desperation to try to rejuvenize what's left of LeBron. I think it was a panic trade. I think it was the best talent that was available in a trade. It's not the best fit, and I think the Lakers closed virtually any championship window they still had by making this move because you can you can bring in Carmelo. You can bring, bring in Dwight all you want, but I think there's better fundamentally orchestrated put together rosters in the Western conference than what the Lakers are with Westbrook, AD and LeBron and a whole bunch of misfit toys. Yeah. And you highlighted all the reasons why, when I saw this trade go through the ticker, it was like, just kind of like a, huh? Like it does, it does wreak a lot of uh, a kind of desperation where they, they needed to do something. Like, obviously, what was happening wasn't working. Um, and yeah, all your points are valid. Like, all the things you just laid out are true. Westbrook is not a very good shooter at all. He's he's objectively he's one horrible. of the worst shooters. He's horrible. Yeah, he's objectively one of the worst shooters ever, honestly. A high-volume shooter, like you said. Um, he shouldn't be taking threes. And you saw, like, I was seeing those pictures from that, that Houston uh, Lakers series uh, back in the bubble where LeBron was literally, literally almost out of frame guarding <laughs> Westbrook at the three-point line. He was sta- like Westbrook was at the three-point line, and in the picture, LeBron is almost out of frame because he is so uncaring about It's like guarding Ben Simmons. Like, you don't need to guard him at the <laughs> hey three-point now. line. Hey, now. <laughs> you don't need to guard him at the three-point line. You step off, and what can you do at that point? He's basically... A liability if he's within you know, if he's more than you know 10 feet away from the hoop and even then in the uh, in the mid-range he he has you know good good days and bad days and that's the same with lebron like lebron is a, a pretty good shooter but we all know that lebron goes through spurts where he just cannot shoot 
And those are the problem times. Like when it comes down to the playoffs, when, when the game slows down, when everything becomes possession by possession and you don't have all these like transition opportunities, when teams are playing good offense and scoring, how are you going to come down on the half court and set up your offense so that one of these three guys can score or, you know, one of the, the shooters. But I mean, the way that it's the built, they can just stay on the shooters and, I don't know if LeBron has enough to get into the paint and break down a defense. And if he does, Westbrook's band's going to help him. If Westbrook cuts, maybe they have, they find open space, but that's still a lot of bodies heading towards, you know, the paint area. And then where's Anthony Davis standing? Anthony Davis can shoot, but he's not like a knockdown spot up shooter. So he's more of a rhythm guy. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird fit. I don't know if it'll work, but the only thing that I can say is that it will be the first time that LeBron will ever have a point guard who can distribute the way that he can. And the turnovers, you know, a lot of that is chalking it up to he has the ball in his hands a lot and he's distributing a lot. That's why he averages 10 plus assists per game. And so if you average 10 plus assists, usually you're going to have a couple turnovers here and there. But that doesn't excuse like the really bad turnovers that are just like, what are you doing? Which, which happens. And as for the defense, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have Anthony Davis, who's arguably one of the best defenders, if not the best defender when he's healthy. Um, but is he enough to anchor it when you have guys like LeBron, who's, I mean, he's a good defender when he wants to be, but he doesn't always want to be, or he's saving himself for the next possession on offense. So I don't know. LeBron has never played with a, a point guard like this. I don't think no. ever. No, so and, and he hasn't. LeBron, and before we move on, because we, we do have some free agency winners and losers we want to get to, mm-hmm. LeBron's 36, and he was hurt last year, which overall is pretty rare for his long career. I mean, he's been very durable, but we're starting to see, I mean, like I said, he's 36. The writing's kind of on the wall that father time is coming fast. Um, he's going to slow down, and in, say, three years, you could probably expect that he won't be what LeBron is when we think of LeBron, right? I mean, that's that's just not realistic. Which means the Lakers, like I said, this felt like a desperation move, and it's a desperation move in the sense that, and we've seen this with other top-heavy teams. We, we just saw this with the Nets. The gamble is real, and for various reasons, you may not have very long before the window of opportunity shuts. Now, the Nets got really unlucky with postseason injuries, almost won, got bowed out by the box. Um, but in theory, they should have had all pieces clicking in unison, and they just didn't. It was nice to talk about Kyrie and Harden and, and you know, KD, but they all were all so volatile in their own ways, and you just didn't know how it was going to be chemistry. Wise, the Lakers are in the similar spot. I mean, Russell Westbrook's ego is not exactly team friendly. I mean, we have seen Westbrook, who has never won a tie a, a title, spend long stints with other superstars and fail to mesh with the likes of KD, Harden. Clearly, failed to mesh with Beal this past year. Paul um, George. Paul George. Just to think, and Westbrook's no spring chicken either. He's 32. 
So mm-hmm. for to expect him to come in and be a guy like Chris Paul and take a team to that next level and ride them to the NBA Finals, it's just tough for me. I mean, the Lakers are losing Caldwell, Pope, Montrezl Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, the draft pick, whatever. <laughs> um, but they also know that clock is ticking, and if they don't win now before LeBron stops being LeBron, this is a team that, looking at how they're set up, could go a very long time without winning another or even coming close to winning another. And that's not the Laker way, if you say. That's not the Lake show. Um, So it looks desperate, but they probably should be desperate because you didn't sign up for just one championship with LeBron. You've got two years to seal the deal. What can you get out of LeBron and what talent can you surround him with to maximize what you have left of him? That's where that desperation is coming from. It's going to be interesting to see, but I have other teams. And once the NBA season gets closer, I like other teams in the West. I'm looking at a healthy yeah. Warriors team. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the Nuggets. I really like I'm looking Warriors. at I'm looking at the Suns. Still seeing what they. I mean, we'll we'll talk. Well, we'll we'll get there now. I mean, let's switch over to free agency. And uh, look, I mean, Chris Ball is a true winner of of, of NBA free agency now in a four year deal. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that along with winners and losers. I think long-term that's going to bury the Suns financially. We'll see. Um, but let's talk about your Miami heat. Cause Ooh, they, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. let's go. And, and Taylor is all happy about this. Um, Pat Riley did the bulk of his work in the first 39 minutes after free agency opened up Monday mm-hmm. night. Um, in the span of the first hour, he acquired Kyle Lowry from the Raptors, extended Jimmy Butler's maximum contract, re-signed Duncan Robinson, and remolded a roster that he hopes will deliver an 11th championship in 50 years as a player, coach, and executive uh, in a very deep Eastern Conference. Look, the Bucks are going to be better. The Sixers are going to be better. The Nets are going to be healthier. Um this is a Heat team that disappointed in many ways this past year, got hot late, but couldn't have it translate again, you know, in the first round of the playoffs against the Bucks, who inevitably won the championships up. So, so uh, give them, give them, give them that, give them credit where credit's due. They lost to the NBA champions, I guess. Yeah, we did. Um, he had plenty of time to swipe PJ Tucker from the Bucks. Resigned a few more of their own fringe guys. Um, Taylor, we could debate whether a roster constructed around Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam is going to be good enough to unseat a Bucks, a Nets, a Sixers team in the Eastern Conference. But the fact that the Heat secured Lowry, who probably was the best player to change teams so far um, via free agency, stole Tucker <laughs> from the Bucks. Where do you realistically see this Miami Heat team as our resident Heat fan? And I know you could be a little biased here, and I, I understand that. But you lost Goran Dragic, obviously, and, yeah. and Precious. And, and a second-round pick for three years of $90 million to Kyle Lowry, who's no spring chicken. Yep. Is this a team that you can realistically say is going to compete with the top three in the East? Um, I think that they can compete whether they are better than I can't say 
for sure. I mean, obviously, the Bucks are the Bucks. They just won the championship. We all know what the Nets are at full strength, at least on paper. They are one of the best teams assembled um, and one of the best teams in the NBA. The Sixers, if they can figure out their Ben Simmons issue, maybe if they can trade for Damian Lillard, that'll be something to watch later on. Yeah, they're um, a work but, in progress. The Sixers, either, I mean, look, Ben Simmons are not. They're still going to be one of the top teams. Do I think they'll win yes. the championship with Ben? No, but no. to be determined. Yeah, well, to be determined. I mean, we'll see with, what happens. With, with Ben, it's a situation where with Ben, if they saw the heat in the playoffs, I would be worried if I were you. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Lowry's, I'm going to temper my expectations because Lowry is not a young guy at all. He He's getting up there. It's 35. Um, Yes, he's 35. He he's not like, you know, the the thing is I don't know his skill set doesn't necessarily require him to be the most athletic guy in the world. He's very cerebral and he's tough and he can shoot and he's a good playmaker and he's a good defender and all that stuff I like. And I think this team has been built so that I mean, if you look at the the starting lineup that they've created now, you got Kyle Lowry Who's one one of the one of the best point guard defender like uh, defenders at the point guard position? He's not amazing. He was better when he was younger, and he but he's a tough guy, um, and I think that's kind of what the Heat are going for. And then like you know, shooting guard, you have either Duncan Robinson or Jimmy Butler, depending on where you put them. But um, Butler's obviously like that tough, gritty guy. I think that's the kind of the way that Miami's like pushing. They want to be that tough grit team. And then you got PJ Tucker, who's a, a really good shooter, especially on the wings. I mean, he's one of the best in history at shooting on the, the those corner threes. And he's a tough tone setter guy. And you got Bam and Duncan Robinson, who's an absolute sharpshooter. And so I really like this team. And I think in a series against a, a team like the Nets or um, the Bucks, if if they come in and they're not prepared to play at, like if say if they meet in the first round, I mean I hope that they're not meeting in the first round because that means the the Heat are not either <laughs> <laughs> not a, a top seed. But um, whenever they play, if they're not like totally one hundred percent in on like focusing up and winning this game, uh, winning a series, like I think that the Heat will cause problems for a team because they're gonna play hard, they're gonna play smart, and they're gonna defend every single possession one hundred percent. And I think they could catch some teams slipping. I I don't know if I can't say like that they are better than the Nets or the Bucks as currently constructed. I mean, they could play the Bucks in such a way that they could win, like they did two years ago. Although everyone thinks that's a bubble anomaly, um, but you know, against a fully healthy, ready to go Bucks team, I don't know if they can really truly compete. And as for the Nets same like if it's if it's a healthy net squad i mean i still think that a healthy net squad this year would have won the title if they're all playing i don't care about the their chemistry i think they're fine like if if they if james harden and if even if james harden didn't get injured i think the nets would have been in the finals much less if james harden and kyrie irving didn't get injured so that that team still scares the hell out of me uh, I think that they're still the best team in the west or the east i'll say it even when they're healthy I think they're better than the Bucks because they almost beat the Bucks even when they weren't healthy. It, it was it was literally inches away, Kevin Durant's foot inches away from beating the Bucks. So I think this Heat team can compete, and I think they are a f- 
fun and well-constructed team for what we had to work with. You'll find out that answer here on M and M and M across the board. Thanks to Godzilla Media. If you're supporting this podcast by listening, we ask that you also continue to support our great partners that make this podcast possible. And we're talking about our friends over at Mohawk Honda. Selection is king this summer. If you've got a vehicle, you've been taking on these vacation road trips, and you think, is it going to break down? This is not the car I want to be driving around and taking to family events and showing off to my friends and more. This summer's the time to make that change, and it happens in Mohawk Hunt. You trade in your vehicle, you get the price back that you deserve for your ride, and then you drive off the lot with a new ride thanks to Mohawk Honda. I know it from experience. My pilot loved driving around the capital region. Now you can find the ride that fits your lifestyle, your job, your travel, and more. Mohawk Honda wants to help you. Shout out to the Herodon family doing this for decades plus here in the Capital Region. My guy Cam McKenna who helped me out with my vehicle. Greg Johnson, more of the entire staff. Make sure to follow them on social media. You can check out the previews of some of their new inventories. More right on their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything you want. Mohawk Honda is the place for you. This summer, selection is king when you're training in your vehicle or trying to find the best ride you've ever had in your life like me. Your response, Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now back to M and M and M across the board here on. Let's stick to the Eastern Conference because I want to talk about a team that uh, <clears throat> isn't very well constructed. Um, everybody thought that this team was going to take that next step this offseason. They looked so good. They they competed against the Hawks in the first round. I probably just gave away who I was talking about. The New York Knicks. And all you Knicks fans out there, you bunch of losers. <laughs> You bunch of pathetic losers. You all thought that Damian Lillard wants to go to a team coming off a resurgent season that saw them make the postseason for the first time since 2013. Oh my God, they earned the number four seed in the Eastern Conference. Knicks fans, you all had the hope. All the hope in the world owning a league high $52.6 million in salary cap space heading into the offseason. And at the end of the first day of free agency, they had spent nearly all of it to largely pretty back the same team. Three-year deals to Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, and Nerland's Noel. Nerland's Noel, congratulations. Oh, oh, but you brought in Evan Fournier. On a four-year, $76 million contract. Congratulations, guys. He's going to move the needle for you. You lost Reggie Bullock to the Mavs. Well, the Knicks should be in decent shape for next year. All I heard about, especially up here in New York, is, oh, the Knicks are the favorites for Damian Lillard. Oh, we're going we're gonna to build a team. We're, we're going to get ready for Dame. We're going to put a team together that's going to be enticing for him. Um. This is hardly the offseason splash I think any Knicks fans were hoping for. Fournier is a good player, but with potential difference makers on the market, like you had the chance to go get Kyle Lowry or Alonzo Ball or DeMar DeRozan or maybe Chris Paul, Kawhi. Um, it's hard not to view this as a disappointment for the Knicks, which I love because I hate the Knicks and I hate their fans. Um it would be one thing if they brought everyone back on one-year deals. Like that—that's the crazy part to me. You're—you're—you're you're, you're giving Derek Rose, Alec Burks, and Nerlens Noel three-year deals for what? 
For what? Yeah, you surprised a bunch of people in a shortened season and snuck in as the four seed and got hot at the right time only to get smacked by the Hawks. I, I mean, what are we trying to prove here if you're a Knicks fan? I mean, look, they're, they're going to be consistent, but they're nothing compared to what else the rest of the East is going to provide in the top four teams that we just talked about. Um, I didn't mention Julius Randle, uh, but you're now locked into a good chunk of money on players that could lead to mediocre finish, especially if Randall fails to duplicate the outlier numbers that he produced last year. Like I think Knicks fans are just assuming that Randall's going to be the same player that he was last year. I don't think he's going to be Fournier should help the Knicks 22nd ranked offense with his shooting and play making ability. But it's hard to see him being the person that catapults the Knicks in a title conversation. And guess what? There's, you don't you don't have any money to go get anybody because you just spent it on all the guys to bring them back on overpaid contracts. You suck, New York Knicks, and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When your big splash is Evan Fournier, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right. So I, had, I, I, I'm, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I'll let you finish. I had a Knicks fan hop into my mentions because I tweeted like uh, the Knicks spent a combined seven years, $120 million on bringing back Derrick Rose and, and, and signing Evan Fournier. And he's like, well, I'd rather have those two guys than Ben Simmons. Uh, Knicks fans, Ben Simmons has never lost to you. So who, who's the real loser here? Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, Losers! <laughs> Losers! Poverty I franchise! I okay, don't think on. that uh, Evan Fournier is going to move the needle all that much. Um, but it, it, there, it's not like there was a lot of like you know free agent guys like like you said earlier. That Kyle Lowry is probably the best guy on the market, right? Yeah, I mean Kawhi was, but we all knew he was going back to the Clippers. So like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Kawhi was like, "Oh, listen to offers," and it's like, and yeah, we like, we knew CP3 was probably going back to the Suns. I mean, it was yeah, I mean, considered that he also, consider other options, but I didn't yeah, see. Yeah, but leaving. like also even him, like I mean, giving the Suns giving him that deal is like, yeah, cool, but like you're gonna be paying him almost forty million dollars when he's like forty one years old. So it's like at some point. I know he's been good, but like he also wasn't very good for you in the finals. Like he is arguably the reason you lost him along with, you know, dismal play from Devin Booker at times and Giannis just being Giannis. But yeah, I, I mean, they didn't have much to work with, but the thing is also, I don't know if these three year deals are, are not good because I don't know. I don't have a sheet in front of me of who's the free agents that are coming up in the next couple of years, but I'm sure there's a couple that might potentially be leaving and you don't set yourself up well to be ready to, you know, hit that. Because if you're going for a trade, I mean, Evan Fournier, <laughs> you got the list up? It's loading, but I already see the top three names and it's just, well, Luca's off the list now because he just signed his. Yeah, uh, no, he's not going anywhere. Come on. Come on. It's loading. Keep talking, but it's. I'm but, pulling up spot track now. It's yeah. Just... So so if you so if you're you're if you're if you're the Knicks, the big thing that you've always wanted to do is sign that big free agent or get that trade. And so now you have pieces where you could trade, like you know Derek Rose, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, all these guys are good trade pieces. Evan Fournier, even if you're trying to get a Damian Lillard, but one he hasn't even you know gone out and said that he wants a trade yet. 
And then even if he does, you're looking at, you know, the the Sixers are going to obviously going to be trying to get him because that's the perfect fit for them. Um, and other teams are going to be trying to get him. So I don't really know if, you know, if you can find a way to, to, to get a guy like that. And so, I, yeah, I don't know what you're doing next. I mean, I, I guess they're trying to just sell tickets and maybe this will sell tickets. I, Julius Randle, I believe he can be this guy, the guy that he was during the regular season. I believe he could do it again, but that doesn't ultimately help you in the playoffs because we saw what he did in the playoffs and it was not much because he's not the guy. He's a number two guy. You need a number one and you don't so, have one. So these guys have player options, so we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. But you have John Wall on a player option, Harden on a player option, Westbrook on a player option. KD's on a player option. Beal is on a player option. Kemba's on a player option. Butler, I don't think, is anymore because no, of the new deal. For like right. Four more years. So he's so up. Kyrie's a player option. Steph just re-signed, so he's off this list. Mm-hmm. Randall himself is a free agent. Mm-hmm. You have... Uh, let me pull up this list. Come on. Come on. Uh, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, Terry Rozier, Goran Dragic, Ricky Rubio, Rudy Gay, Valanciunas. A lot of these are based on the player options. So it might not be as good in 2022 as... Honestly, it, it seems like at this point that there's not... Uh, I don't know. Cause like, 12, cause 2023, like- you have... Uh, Middleton, LeBron, but you know LeBron's, LeBron's not coming to New York. Either. Yeah, no. Harden again. Uh, Harden's a uh, unrestricted in 2023. Walls unrestricted in 2023. Westbrook, Durant, Beal, Middleton, Kyrie, Porzingis. He ain't coming back. Love Wiggins, uh, Embiid, but that's not that's not gonna happen. It's really it, it from what from that list. It seems like there actually isn't a lot of. Draymond, like, Van Vliet, Brogdon, uh, yeah. Bogdanovich. But like, there's not a lot of number one options that I feel like will actually would actually be available because I think the Nets guys, I think they're going to stay together like as long as they can, as long as the Nets are willing to pay them and have the ability to. Zion's I restricted because I don't, eh, I don't see why um, they would like Zion is honestly might be the only one that's like even a possibility because you know, the rumors are that he's, he's unhappy with the way things are going as he should be considering what they just did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sending Lonzo to Chicago. I mean, they've got Devante Graham, which is a nice piece, but I don't know if overall they, they won this free agency, especially if they're trying to bolster their stuff around him. Yeah. They're definitely a loser. So, uh, it, he might be the only one though, because if you like uh, James Harden's not leaving the Nets to go to the Knicks, and neither is Katie, and neither, neither is LeBron, and LeBron's LeBron, not leaving LeBron, LA. <laughs> LeBron is going to retire in LA because he's only got a few years left, and he's going to stay there and retire. I would, I would think. And so, like, who else on that list moves the needle? John Wall doesn't. Like, no. John Wall's not going to be your number one. He can't be a number one. He's already shown that he's not going to be a title-winning number one. So, if your goal is to get to a title. I don't know if the Knicks have a path that's not trading for Damian Lillard or someone else who gets disgruntled and wants to leave. Because your best hope is that locked up. Your best hope is that the Warriors find somebody to replace Clay, and they shop Clay. 
that that's really your best hope because I tell you what, and I don't know what Stephen A is on, but there's two teams that have been linked to Damian Lillard ever since the Lakers traded for Westbrook because that takes them out of the Lillard sweepstakes. It's the Sixers and the Knicks. There's no way on God's green earth he'd rather go to the Knicks than the Sixers. There's just no way. Absolutely no way because he's just going to the Eastern Conference version of Portland. He might as well stay in Portland. Agreed. So, oh, these team, these players, if they're going to leave, they want to play with like another like top 10 to 15 player. Damien has ne- Dame has never played with a Joel Embiid. Exactly. And he if he goes to yeah, if he goes to the Knicks, it's just And Portland the Knicks don't 2.0. have a Joel Embiid. It's just Portland 2.0. Their best their next best player is Julius Randle and that's basically just like Nurkic with maybe a little better, but like not much. So I don't know. The the now I, I'm really interesting interested because looking at everything you just laid out and as far as free agency in the next couple of years, I'm like I don't see a ton of movement happening. I think people are gonna stay put. I think and that's like, why right and, and that's why I think you saw like Trey got his extension, Steph got yeah. his extent. It, it's changing. Luca got his. Um, you're, you're locked up. Butler locked up. You're already hearing that the Sixers are working on extending Embiid to his super max. Uh, you saw lock up the, uh, Kawhi with the Clippers, but I mean, right. he's, he's weird, so he might. Which not. is which is a little different. The past couple years, where all these superstars were going different places, now teams could still trade. I mean, that's still a possibility. But when it comes to free agency, it might be a little quieter for the next couple years because you have a lot of these player options that I don't see some of these guys, all these all stars opting out and looking elsewhere they might opt out to get a better deal but it will be from their team so yes yeah, it's, it's changing times in the nba so if you don't have a superstar right now and the knicks don't you're kind of in trouble mm-hmm. exactly and even teams like miami like i mean you have jimmy butler and you just hope that he can like recreate the magic of the bubble and like have a playoff run like that because if he can play like that, if he can play like he played in the finals, where they had one of one of the best finals games of all time, like inarguably, like that 40, 40 point, 15 rebound, 10 assists, or whatever he had in like game four, that was one of the best. And if he can do stuff like that, then it's like, yeah, that he can compete too. But if not, then I don't know. You're looking, you're, there's not much, not many places you can go to find talent besides drafting it the nba landscape is still changing and uh if anything big happens throughout the week we will sure update you and have it on our next episode as well i don't mean to call you out knicks fans but all i've been hearing especially up here in new york is how great you're set up for success and that's what you did with the most cap space in all of basketball so for mediocrity yes exactly set for mediocrity which a lot of knicks fans are used to so it's okay but um, the worst team in the league, I guess. Yeah, I guess. baby steps, baby steps. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know because you you could have gotten a talent like Kate Cunningham. So may, may, maybe not. Maybe the Pistons are even better better off than the New York <laughs> Knicks moving forward. Oh maybe. man, this turned into a Knicks roast real quick. But uh, we still have a lot to get to, and, and before we get to the MLB trade deadline, which was absolutely historic. I do want to remind you guys about something that we've been mentioning on our show all summer long, and that 
it's the fact that it is trade in season for your vehicle. And every dealer right now is looking for your trade in because that's the hot thing right now. And the money is there. So you go and there's a short of inventory in the market, like I just said. So you go and trade it in at one of these dealers and get money in your hands. But at a lot of these dealers, they don't have anything for you to buy once you get that money in your hands. And that kind of leaves you carless. You need a car, right? Go to Mohawk Honda because not only do they give you that top dollar for your trade-in, they also have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. They have the largest inventory of vehicles in the capital region here in upstate New York, and that means you can choose the one that's right for you. Sure, some other dealers want to talk about their values, but at Mohawk Honda, they would rather show you theirs, and that's in the way they show you value in their selection, and more importantly, how you feel treated at Mohawk Honda. Don't go and feel pressured into buying something from another dealer, and like I said, hey, if you want to do that, go by all means, go for it, but that's probably the best they can do and you're going to settle and you're not going to be truly happy. Go to Mohawk Honda and buy the vehicle you deserve. Their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed to fit your needs, your lifestyle, and not the other dealer's so-called values. So this summer, and, and summer is quickly winding down, it's hard to believe, wow, it's still summer, selection is king, and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, where they go out of their way to please you. I mentioned that summer is ending, and it's hard to believe that it's August. But now that it's August, that means the MLB trade deadline has come and gone. And Taylor, this was uh, probably one of the most memorable MLB trade deadlines I can remember in some time. I mean, it was absolutely wild. Um, everybody's New York Yankees up here made some moves now. Yankees still have their issues. We'll get to that. Uh, let's go to the immediate winner, and, and we'll we'll rip them off real quick. <laughs> we're we're not going to spend crazy amount of time, but Oof. we were talking about the NBA draft, right? And how Washington this is all happening the same day. That, like, keep in mind that the right all of it. the MLB trade deadline was the day after the NBA draft, so there were a lot of moves going on that Thursday during the NBA draft. And as Russell Westbrook was getting traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, the Washington Nationals were in line to send Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the LA Dodgers. And they brought in a couple prospects, Josiah Gray, Kybert Ruiz, Gerardo Carrillo, uh, um, Donovan Casey, some other smaller names. Uh, one could say the Dodgers got the two best players to move at the deadline. And in the process, you got Max Scherzer away from the Padres and the Giants, who at, at one point we all thought Max Scherzer was going to the Padres. Mm -hmm. And in turn, you brought in Trey Turner, who is one of the most underappreciated infielders in all of baseball multi-tooled guy he has it all he can field he can hit he can run he, he's really really underrated as a player um the nl west quickly got really interesting and it started with the dodgers who i think i mean there, there's other teams that had an impressive deadline and we'll talk about it but I don't see, and a lot of people believe this going into the going into the season, 
And Taylor, I remember you and I being on air at, at one point in the past up here in New York. And we, before the season started, and I said the Padres were going to make a run at the Dodgers. And currently the Giants lead the NL West, which mm-hmm. has surprised a lot of people. The Dodgers, with these moves, if they pay out and they stay healthy and they get Kershaw back here in a little bit and that, that rotation stabilizes itself and this lineup really gets going and maybe Cody Bellinger takes it up a notch, I don't see mm-hmm. anybody that gets in this Dodgers team's way to go back-to-back. I mean, no. Uh, the, the rich got richer. That, that's what we can say about this MLB uh, trade deadline because – when that when that trade went through, it's like it's like come on, like that team is absolutely stacked, like from top to bottom, and like you said, Cody Bellinger isn't even doing much for them. Like he's no. having a bad season, and like you know, he, he at any point he could change it, turn it around, and start doing you know, and start and start playing better. And they they should be more than the twenty one games over five hundred that they are. They should be leading the NL West, it's so surprising that the Giants still still are leading. And they added Chris Bryant, so give it up for them. Um, you know, the Cubs just just got rid of everyone. That entire, like, core of the 2016 uh, World Series is gone um, for the Cubs. And it, it, it's just, it's insane how much, like, how much better that they even were able to get adding Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And it just, at this point, yeah, I don't. I don't know who's gonna stand in their way. I mean, maybe I guess it's the Giants because they're still there, and it's not like they got worse. They got better with Chris Bryant, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know if anyone can beat this team. Well, and like you said, the Giants did get better. And what I liked about the Chris Bryant trade, I was hoping he was gonna go to the Phillies. It didn't turn out that way. I think the Phillies kind of settled with knowing that they're in a mediocre division and might not need to do as much to reel in the Mets, which they are doing. But no, also to not go all in because the Dodgers did what they did. Um, So it's going to be hard to top that. Uh, Chris Bryant going to the Giants without the Giants having to give up any of their top prospects. They didn't have to give up um, Marco Luciano, who's their top prospect. He's a shortstop or any of their future catchers. Uh, really said a lot. Now, Chris Bryant's a, a rental, and do I see Chris Bryant long-term in San Francisco? No. Uh, but the Giants are, are a team that's surprising a lot of people, and they didn't hurt themselves, and Evan Longoria is going to get healthy. Um, that pitching staff has surprised a lot of people. We keep it in that division, though. We talk about the Giants and the and the Dodgers, but the Padres, man, they, they are quickly – um, becoming losers, and I was really excited about mm-hmm. uh, about the Padres going in, and and with good reason. They're still a very good baseball team. Fernando Tatis is on the verge of being out for the year. That that's to be determined. He's on the IL with that shoulder sublux, uh, subluxation, or however you say it. Um, and they're determining if he doesn't make any progress, that he's going to have season-ending surgery now instead of at the end of the year. So. To be determined on that, that'll be determined probably by the time our next show airs, we will know the future of Fernando Tatis this season. Uh, they brought in Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh, Jake Marisnik, Daniel Hudson. Um, but like I said, it looked like Scherzer was going to the Padres in a matter of hours. He went from going to 
them to their most urgent competitor in LA. So I think that right off the rip gives them that massive L. Um, when it goes to the other teams in the National League, we talked about, you know, I know we have some Mets fans. God bless you. Listen to our show. You got Jose Baez, but he's he's already headed to the IL. Uh, um, uh, you got Jose Baez, Rich Hill, um, which he's been okay. He's been up and down. He is what he is at this point. Um, putting Baez and double play combination with Francisco Lindor long term sounds exciting, but you need to be healthy. You don't have Lindor till at least middle of this month, possibly closer to the end of this month. Um, and now you have Baez going onto the IL. Meanwhile, all of a sudden, the Phillies, who brought in a closer and Ian Kennedy and, and got Kyle Gibson from the Rangers, are all of a sudden two and a half games back and surging, and you play the Phillies next week. So the Mets, to me, initially were a winner, but all of a sudden are quickly becoming a loser because you go and get these guys, and they're not even on the field. You kind of need help. But I really wanted to get to the AL East because this is this is the division that I think everybody wants to talk about, right? Um, and, and I'm just going to twist the knife while complimenting you, Taylor. <laughs> the Yankees and Brian Cashman. Boy, did, the, did Brian Cashman reel you Yankees fans back in quickly. The Yankees on paper got better and somewhat improbably Bigger at the deadline. Joey Gallo is a good two-way player with impact, on-base skills, nearly unparalleled power, and he's under team control not only this year for and for next year. So, And they didn't really give up. They gave up their 10th and 12th prospect for him. So it really wasn't anything um, too, you know, too high-priced. And then you brought in Anthony Rizzo whose defense caught, he's an upgrade at first base. Either way, slice it because Luke Voigt's been a disaster. Mm -hmm. um, defense, contact skills, and he's already had two walk-offs this year or with the Yankees in a short week. Um, <clears throat> the fact that Ooh. he brings contact will solve a lot of the team's problems that has trouble getting on base. Um and quite frankly, they've been like a high school freshman team who, who who can't get on base. I mean, they just swing for the fences and strike out an unreal clip. The Yankees gave a lot of prospects to land these two overall, but none of the top ones. They've shored up a lot of weaknesses in the hunt for the second AL wildcard that you're only two and a half games out of. Um, however, you need to beat the Baltimore Orioles, and you need to hope your top two pitchers don't get COVID. Um <laughs> Yeah. Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery are now on the 10-day IL with COVID. Um, I don't know what's going on in the Yankees clubhouse, but they are breaking science with all of these vaccinated players testing positive for COVID. I don't know what the Yankees and the Yankees alone are doing, but it's almost like the Yankees cannot have nice things. And I'm okay with that. I know you're not, <laughs> but... Um, this Yankees team is maddeningly frustrating time and time, even when they go out and do what's right and brought in Joey Gallo and brought in Rizzo brought in look, Andrew Heaney, my God got lit up like a damn Christmas tree against the Orioles. The other night gave up four solo home runs. That's not what you brought him in to do. 
against the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-mm. Um, this is a Yankees team, like I said, only two and a half out of the wild card. Very, very, very suffocated top end of the wild card standings. If you look, there's a lot of teams crunch there. You have Tampa, you have Toronto there as well. Um, <clears throat> this is a team that you could kiss the AL East goodbye. Um, the way Toronto has soared ahead of Boston at this point, it's going to be Toronto or Boston. Um, however, both are significantly and fundamentally better than anything the Yankees can put on the baseball field this season. And that's just that's just straight fact. And, and at this point, if you're a Yankees fan, you just have to accept that this just might not be your year. And it's a horribly put-together roster. Yeah, and that's I think we talked about this last week when I said that I didn't even know if the Yankees should uh, be buyers at this. They did. Uh, and but- and you know what? That That's just it, though, right? Was this more that Cashman thought the Yankees could compete? Or is this Cashman saying, I need to save my ass. We're going to fire Boone, but I'm saving my ass. I think the latter is, is what you're looking at. And uh, well, let's go back like to the to the Mets point. Uh, going back to what you were talking about before, uh, just I want to bring up that I I didn't think that they were going to go out and get a Baez because like we talked about before that they were they were maybe going to be a little more conservative and I thought that they could have gone out and done a little more. Um, but then on the Yankee side, I thought I said that maybe they should be a little conservative and they went out and did the opposite and they went out and got Gallo and Rizzo, those left-handed guys that we really needed in the lineup because our lineup was like all right-handed hitters and there was, we had no lefties. So they went out and got two lefties and, and boom, you see instant results. Rizzo like playing as well as you could hope for in his, his debut uh, with the Yankees and Gallo doing work too. And then, like you said, it's very frustrating being a Yankees fan because you go out and you get these guys and they have a good week and like you play well against the Rays and then you come and you play one of the worst teams in the goddamn league in Boston. Oh no, they are the worst team in the yeah, league. I know they are. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to hedge my bet. But yeah, and then they lose. And I'm like what what how why explain why the yankee explain way yankees. is to play down to your competition that's what they've I, done it's awful it's really awful and i don't understand why this happens always and like they're pissing away their chances because you're right they're only two two and a half games out but if you lose to bad teams that you're supposed to win against that's how you lose this race and if you lose this race i don't think that cashman making these moves should save him i think he shouldn't be absolved of his sins just because he brought in rizzo and gallo and it worked for a couple days or like a few games here and there when the fundamental like bedrock of this team is losing to teams like baltimore it's not working it's not the way it should be and you need to like retool you need to change the roster fundamentally so that it is better and i don't the COVID thing i don't know maybe it's just because they're in new york city and you know, the Delta variant is the Delta variant. It's super infectious and whatever crap else. So yeah, I, I don't understand that. And it sucks, but I, now, I don't understand the Yankees. I don't understand how it works, how it works that you can be so good on paper, how you can come in and play well against a one team. And then you play the worst team in the league and you suck. And we, we, we talked about what the Rays did earlier and that was brought in Nelson Cruz, but outside of that, they, didn't do as much as we all expected. We thought they were going to be in on Chris Bryant, but I mean, this is a race team that never makes that big, 
you know, splash and they know how to win. They're just fundamentally good baseball team, which is something the Yankees aren't. The Red Sox, you know, they they kind of they're trusting their own players. They went and got Schwarber, who's currently on the IL. He's supposed to be back within the next couple uh, of days, but at the same time, they're trusting their talent. The Yankees had to go out now. Look, the Blue Jays are an, are an interesting team. Could this blow up in their face? Absolutely. Going out and getting Jose Barrios, uh, Brad Hand, Joaquin Soria. They gave up Austin Martin, which a lot of people are are not thrilled about. But however, you look at this Rays team, and you have a rotation now of Ruge, uh, Jin Ryu. Barrios, Robbie Ray, who's having a great season, Alec Manoa, uh, you have Vlad, Bo Bichette, George Springer, Marcus Simeon. This is a team that's ready to turn the page, and they they see that they're in the thick of this as well. Not for the division, but the wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue that you know the Jays, within reason, got better because they saw that window. But a lot of these guys are under control, and that's Burrios. He he. You know, he brains a lot. He's young, too. Um, the Yankees, you know, you have Gallo, who's under control. However, you still, the two teams that are at, sitting at the top didn't do anything. And, and I think that's the difference of how some of these teams are constructed. I, th- I think the Rays and the Red Sox are still the two teams to beat. Now, that does that leave a second wildcard spot open? Yeah. Um, but don't. I don't I, I don't know, man. I just don't see the Yankees in the playoffs this year. As tough as it is to say, they got if they do, I mean they have the talent that they should be, but they gotta start beating teams like the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, exactly. And at this point, it's like I mean, even if they make the playoffs, like are they even gonna win the wild card and like No, because you're gonna harder? have to play Tampa or Boston. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And then like, now it's a one game. It's a one game playoff. And if you're throwing mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, anything could happen. But he so, hasn't been the same without Spider Tack outside of a game against Houston. So, and, I, and he might have COVID anyways at that point. Well, I mean, obviously. Oh God! If he has COVID now, all the way like, to <laughs> October, I think we're in trouble. But but who knows? But like you know, at any point, even if they're vaccinated, like they could still get it and then be out or have contact and not be out. But you never know. And at, the way that it's go, the season's going for the Yankees, it's like one pitch away from injury and then gone and you got nothing. But I don't trust this team in any sort of capacity. And in a one game with Garrett Cole, yeah, maybe if he has a great game. But then you get into a series with anyone and it's like, how can I trust them? How can I trust them when they play like this against the Baltimore Orioles? You can't. And I think that's that's the, the that's the problem. I don't mean to kick you while you're down, Taylor. Yeah, of course. I knew, um, I knew this but, this, but this is, I, I, I mean, look, welcome, welcome Ooh. to the family. Welcome to the pain that is the Wentz wagon. And boy, are the wheels falling off the Wentz wagon and quick. And look, this, this affects both of us. You're, you're now, ooh, I just smacked my mic. <laughs> you, are, <laughs> you are now. You are now one of us, one of us, one of us. Um, If you've been living under a rock, first of all, uh, the Colts have announced that quarterback Carson Wentz had surgery to remove a bone and repair the foot um, that he had injured apparently all the way back in high school. 
And this was never that. This was never fix that for us. Hey, blame North Dakota State too. Don't don't pull it put it all on us, Ricky Bobby. Okay, fine. (laughs) The both of you. I'll blame you both. I don't care. Um, Is it up to us? Obviously, Wentz suffered an early foot injury during the first training camp in Indy, and the coaching staff is now scrambling for a potential half season without him, as it is announced that he could miss up to twelve weeks of action. Um, It could be earlier. But there's a three-month timetable. That means there's a great possibility of Wentz missing eight games, a.k.a. half of the 2021 NFL season before an early November return. Um, we we crunched the math here in Philadelphia because, you know, it kind of matters how many snaps he plays in order for us to get your first rounder, um, Indianapolis. Uh, that's probably not going to happen unless, you know, they're optimists. They're not ruling out that he's out for week one. However, it's not likely Uh, for anybody that's not familiar with the trade and how it went down with the Colts and the Eagles. The Eagles are getting a second round pick from the Indianapolis Colts that will convey to a first rounder under two circumstances. One, was that simply Carson Wentz played 75% of the snaps, not games, snaps of the Colts season, or 70% of the snaps and the Colts made the playoffs. One of those two things has to happen. I did the math, Taylor, because I'm just so good at at math, and that's why I'm in the broadcasting world. Mm, Um, It gets dicey if Carson misses four games. He has to be back by week five in order for me to feel okay that he'll play 75% of the snaps. Now, I I think overall that this is the smart way to go if I'm the Colts to get this fixed and not try to prolong, you know, you know, try to gut through this season without um, getting the surgery and just simply getting it fixed and thinking you can get through it a hundred percent, which you're not. Um, However, this causes a big issue for the Colts. Obviously, you put in resources to bring in Carson Wentz as your franchise quarterback. That's what he was brought in to do. The contract says that he's a franchise quarterback. Outside of last year, historically, he is a franchise quarterback. He is an MVP finalist. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2016, former first-round pick. Um, However, with him out of the fold, the Colts have Sam Ellinger, Jacob Eason, and Brett Hundley on the roster. Uh, oh, and uh, well, I go puke. Um, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> now, now I, I know you don't want to hear this. I, I know you don't want to hear this. Now, now, just just hear me out, okay? There is a guy. No. Out there, not no. just let me, let me look, look, look. Let There's me. So f- many reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy that stepped in for an injured Carson Wentz before, under Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator, and happened to lead a team to the Super Bowl and be Super Bowl MVP. Uh, that 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 man is Nick Foles, and it just so happens that he's on a Chicago Bears team that just drafted Justin Fields has Andy Dalton in the mix, and might be looking to trade on St. Nick somewhere that might need a quarterback or two. Um, Look, am I saying Nick Foles is by far the best solution and most realistic one for the Colts? Um, 
No, but it's probably your best chance to maintain your status as playoff contenders. The Bears, like I said, have no short or long-term plans for Foles anymore because they have Dalton. They have Fields. Because he sucks. That's why. That's why they have no you long-term sh- plans. You for shut. Him. You because shut your mouth. He's a super. Year. He's a former he Super Bowl MVP. He's he a Super Bowl MVP, Taylor. There were two games where he caught fire. Don't talk to me about yeah, the the Bears. The Bears have no long-term plans for him. <laughs> why do you think that is? Chicago the made Bears it. would have long-term plans for someone if he was See, any I knew good. This. I knew I was going to get him going. Um, Chicago. Also, why would you bring in a guy who literally psychologically broke Wentz a little bit? Because like, I think Wentz is part I, of the reason why he left. I, 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 I think Wentz might go into an Indianapolis cornfield and old yeller himself if they bring in Nick yes. Falls. But, um, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago made a desperate mistake by bringing on Foles and taking on that contract off Jacksonville hands last year. Uh-huh. Um, now the team that can send him back to the AFC South to take advantage of Indianapolis's own desperation for some decent return on a quarterback that they don't need might just be, like I said, Indianapolis. Frank Reich has a strong working relationship in the past with Rivers and Wentz, which is why they were the consecutive solutions after the retirement of Andrew Luck and Jacoby Percent just simply not being good. Um, Nick Foles fits that bill, Taylor, and I know you don't like to hear it, but Foles was the ultimate super sub for Carson in Philadelphia under Reich. He won Super Bowl 52 MVP honors. Ballard and Reich need to think about bringing Foles right down I-57 to play for a sixth NFL team as soon as possible if the Colts have a chance. If the Colts, which they don't, because guess what? Quentin Nelson, your best offensive lineman, is also out with the same. Look, I've, I've never heard of this injury. Not only is Quentin Nelson out, but it's the same exact injury as Carson has. I've never seen anything like it. Honestly, uh, Taylor, I thought the Eagles were cursed, but I'd like to personally on behalf of Philadelphia and the rest of the sports with the Z and T listeners, thank you for being a more miserable fan base than what we are in Philadelphia. I'd like to thank you for bringing the weight and just pain and constant suffering of wondering if Carson Wentz is going to be healthy year in and year out and me going on social media and any platform and defending him to my grave. I am thankful for you, Taylor, that you, you of all people, now can take that burden from me and carry it on. Thank you. Look, I feel for you, man. Are you done? Are you done? I don't know. I might not be. All right. Uh, (laughs) How in the goddamn world does the same injury happen to both the guy who's trying to be the franchise quarterback and to the best player on the team, the anchor for our best offensive line, arguably the second most important person on the team behind Wentz because he plays quarterback position. So uh, is quarterback important? If it wasn't for the fact that he plays quarterback, <laughs> Nelson would big Q as we call him affectionately in Colts land would be the best, like the most important player on the team have the same injury, the same injury. 
at the same time requiring the same surgery with the same five to three month. <laughs> I believe your exact re- I believe your exact reaction when I tagged you in the tweet was, "Are you fucking serious?" Is the, uh, I, it was. Is this a fucking joke? Because I was at work <laughs> minding my own business, and I get a text. I get you know these no- notifications from you that you're tweeting at me. So <clears throat> I, I didn't see it. Before you tweeted at, well, the, the, you know, our handle. And so I, I, I got the news thanks to <laughs> sports with a, at sports underscore with a Z, obviously, podcast. And that's how I've learned that uh, Quentin Nelson had the same exact injury. And I'm like, is this a joke? Am I a joke to you? Is that <laughs> like, like, Who do you think fact, I am? <laughs> the only saving grace, the only saving grace in all of this is that one? They're not trying to rehab this. They're just nip it in the bud, just get the surgery, get it over with, and that it happened like five weeks before the season even starts. So on the <clears throat> the 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 conservative are not conservative, but like optimistic scale, say it does take five weeks. I know that that's probably not realistic for uh, both of them to come back in no, five weeks. No, especially Carson, um, because I've heard. That Carson takes on the longer side to recover. Yeah, Carson tends to take on the longer side of that timeline. Uh, just, just speaking from experience, there, bud. Yeah, I've a, um, a Eagles friends who have told me the same thing. Um, oh, I'm not a friend. I'm just an e- a colleague Eagles fan. I, I see how a couple Eagles friends, like you and other friends, <laughs> that you have other you have you have other Eagles fans as friends. I, I do. Yeah, I've wow. at least three, and I know at least one of them listens to our podcast every week. I I don't know if the other one does, but but he told me the same thing. Um, the Colts' first five games are home against Seattle, home against L.A. Oh, yeah. At Tennessee week three. So freaking hard. Fir- first, first, schedule. first three weeks, you have two NFC favorites and the division rival Tennessee Titans, who at this point are by far and away the favorites in the division. In my, in my, in my opinion, week four at Miami, which you might win if Tua falls apart. You never know. Um, week five at, Bal- <sighs> at, at Baltimore. <clears throat> win any of those games if we just we play the I, right way. But- no, I no 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 no. I talked to my buddy, one of my one of my good friends I went to college with, very knowledgeable when it comes to football. He's a Jets fan though. God bless him. Um, <laughs> he he rattled and and we've always gone back about Carson Wentz and and you'll, you'll appreciate this. He was like, dude, you have been gay for Carson Wentz ever since he got drafted. <laughs> and I said, yes, I have been. Um, I, I, we, we both talked, we both have talked about this and and at best, man, one in four, you might sneak away with the win at Miami. But other than that, I mean, those other four games are bona fide. I mean, those are as clear cut losses as you can get. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be easy, but in the week six, you play Houston. Like a couple, <laughs> a couple days ago, it was like okay. We were talking. Right. I've been so talking be- about the Colts being my sleeper Super Bowl team. I know, I know. And I, I, I when once went down and it was announced he was gonna be out for the five to twelve. It was like okay, all right, all right. We are not predicated on the quarterback throwing the ball necessarily. We are a run the damn ball team. Well, now but they're all going to out. They're, they're going to queue out. Oh, uh, yeah. It, that, even well, if that too. wanted to. Not well, and then, and then teams are going to stack the box because they're going to dare Sam Ellinger or Brett Hundley or whoever the hell's back there to throw it. 
Of course, of course. But even then now, we can't even rely on our best offensive line because our best offensive lineman, I think arguably the best offensive lineman in the league. Is One of, out for sure. One of, for sure. out too. So like, it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating as all hell. And I would rather call Philip Rivers and beg him to come back than go to Nick Foles. But if they don't do anything and they run with like Jacob Eason or whoever, it's going to be. Is rough. that what you prefer? Is that, do you want them to keep it in house at this point? Like you have, you have assume Wentz is out for just to keep it simple five weeks, right? So you have Sam Ellinger, Jacob Eason, and Brent Hundley. You're not telling me that you want to go out and explore for a Nick. Fo- it's not going to, it's not going to take much to go and get Nick. Fo- Look, like I said, Carson might go out into a cornfield and old yeller himself if he bring if he has to be teammates with Nick Foles well, again. That's the thing. But you have you have you have Marcus that. you have Marcus Mariota, Gardner okay, Minshew, yeah. sure. um, Jimmy Garoppolo as other names. Like I doubt. Are you telling crazy. me that you would rather stick with Jacob? God, it, it almost makes me want to throw up saying it. Jacob Easton, Sam Ellinger, or Brett Hundley? No, I mean I just don't want foals. Is all I'm saying. If, the if most, we get, uh, if most we could get a Minshew decorated, I mean, uh, you, you want Minshew? I mean Minshew would fit face. right in. <laughs> I mean, they're not. I doubt that they would trade Minshew to us because we're like you know, uh, same division. But maybe they would if we pay enough. But um, Minshew would be great. I'd, I'd take Minshew in a heartbeat if he was available and if they were willing to trade him. But I don't think Minshew can to. win you games. For sure. Eason and Hundley. An Eleanor? Probably not. Probably I'd like to see not. What Eason has, but also I'm scared like, to see what he has. I like Marcus Mariota, man. I'm telling you. I, I don't mean, mind I, Mariota, honestly, if we went out and got him. That that's, um, that's something where it's like maybe. He he looked good in spurts with the Vegas Raiders, and in terms of a positive skill set, he has that arm and mobility, and, and Reich likes to get his quarterback out in motion, and that I think that's what really hurt the Colts in the past couple years because he couldn't do that with Rivers and not really even Brissett either. Brissett was a little yeah, more mobile, but he wasn't really not good great. throwing on the run, though. But Mariota can be a good, quick, philosophical fit with Reich to facilitate the rest of the offense, and you have Taylor in the power rushing attack. Be a sneaky plan B. Like I said, though, I, I Nick St. Nick. St. Nick, I'm telling you, coming down the chimney, saving the day again. It's not happening. Oh, Um, man, I just, I'm just so happy someone someone else can suffer. But again, for the millionth time, even if they do it with Big Q out too, it's like, it might not matter. It's going to suffer a lot. And whoever's behind under center is also going to suffer. And the running game is going to suffer, not just because they're going to be snacking the box, but also one of our best power rushing lineman is going to be out as well uh, but big q's tough so i'm hoping he only he comes back in five weeks well at least you're not the giants and beating the hell out of each other at training camp and you know running suicides <laughs> and uh, yeah the giants kenny galladay is now hurt uh you, mm-hmm. you got dak prescott is being held out for they they say precautionary reasons mm-hmm. but i i don't think you're holding out your franchise quarterback for precautionary reasons you know yeah. Due to a sore shoulder, but that's just me. Um, rough, rough. Zach Wilson apparently is looking the part down in Jets camp. Um, the Eagles have heard nice things about Nick Sirianni and his coaching style. I have seen <clears throat> some practice videos. Um, Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. 
Yeah. Devontae Smith is going to miss some time. However, he was on the practice field today. Now, obviously not running, but he was doing, he was working at the jugs machine and he that is, me, man. he's doing as much. Look, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not well, going term, to act in like, terms of like fantasy. I'm like, oh, I, well, I, 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 I don't give a fuck about your fantasy well, team, I Taylor. I don't care about your. You wait, have level. you already drafted? No, 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 oh. no. But uh, he's a guy that I would target, except well, that now I'm kind of like, eh. I don't want him to get injured. Again. I mean, he's always I, I, I do target him, but look, I mean, it, it is what it is. The Eagles have they have weapons and they kept third. So look, Devontae Smith is going to be fine. He's apparently has a great, great uh, chemistry with Jalen Hurts. We'll see. I'm not mm-hmm. biggest Jalen Hurts fan, as I've said several times on the show, but I'm willing to buy in at least my franchise quarterback is healthy. Um, <clears throat> uh, before. We this get is all Andrew our, Luck's fault, let's be honest. It is. If Andrew Luck didn't quit on your team and retire. Uh, yep. I want to get to – well, I, I do want to get to Team USA real quick. But first, I do want to mention one of our other sponsors, and that's Saving Face Barbershop up at Saratoga Springs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, track season has been a full go. Weather is starting to get a little better in this area. The rain has kind of gone away a little bit. And you need that fresh cut to be looking good as you're doing out your outdoor uh, activities, going to the track, and, and just – Plain and simple looking good. Go to Saving Face Barbershop uh, up on exit 13S or 13N, depending on which way you're coming in, and and check him out. He has multiple uh, barbers there to assist you. If not, Jeremiah will be one of the other cool guys there at one of the great atmospheres that Saving Face Barbershop has to offer. Uh, Really, really cool just to sit down, talk with the guys, get a good look. And they're not going to be happy until you are satisfied. So go in. They have the close face um, shaves if you need that. I'm not one of them with my baby face, but um, (laughs) other guys definitely love that. You can get at home um, cuts if you would like, but they definitely have a lot to offer. They also have senior discounts and kid discounts as well. So definitely check out Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs and, and mention Sports with a Z and a T as well to Jeremiah and check him out. Let's talk about Team USA real quick and this basketball team. And I feel like I feel like we're their motivation. They definitely <laughs> listen to Sports with the Z and a T podcast because ever since I've been ripping them to shreds, and I guess you as you as well, me more so than than I told you, you not to worry about them too much. I, yeah, I know, and I ripped I them. And I, I'd, and... I'd like to think I was the kick in the ass they needed. You're welcome, Popovich. Definitely um, for the third straight summer. Um, team USA has, has looked the part and they are taking their talents to the semifinals to play Australia on Thursday with a chance to play in the gold medal game after beating Spain 95 to 81, um, put the final touches on Gasol and Spain and, uh, Kevin Durant scoring 29 points, 13 of those coming in game changing third quarter helped his team overcome yet another sluggish start, which has been a problem, Mm -hmm. but like your point, Taylor, they're, they're turning it on when they need to, and they're surviving and they, they crushed the Czech Republic. They crushed Iran. Thank you. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, they're doing what they need to do to go and get this gold medal. Yeah, they are. And I'm really looking forward to the. I hope they game. play. I I hope they play Slovenia and Luca. They're going to. They're going yeah. to. 
It's gonna yeah. be a gold medal game, and I'm gonna stay up and watch it. I, I think I'm I'm gonna try to. These times are so time. brutal. It's gonna I, be like I, 3 a.m. But I think well, I'm well, that's just it. it. USA has been, their start times have been like 3:30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I just can't do it. I can't. I'm, I think I'm gonna try when uh, Team USA eventually plays Slovenia in the gold medal game because I think Slovenia plays France. Um, which you know gave gave us some problems with uh, the stifle tower there, but I, I think I believe in Luca and I think he's gonna do it. And I think Australia, you know, is gonna put up a, put up a fight. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Australia beats the USA again. But uh, I expect them the US team USA to win because it looks like they're hitting their stride and um, you know getting hot when they need to. But that that gold medal game is gonna be. Is going to be great. I'm really hoping that it's Slovenia versus the USA. And you know what? I I'm not saying I'm rooting against us, but oh, stop yourself! But if he did, but if I'm going to mute you now, if he, if he beat the Team USA, can you imagine? Can you imagine the embarrassment for all of Team USA? Luca, well, that, that would be it. That would be what? How bad it is? It would be an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. It would be losing to Slovenia. Look, nothing against Luca. Because what he's doing has been fantastic, and it's impressive to see him lead a nation that, you know, their overall population is 2 million, and they, they have a team that's on the cusp of being in the gold medal game of the basketball you know tournament. Their, be- their second best player is? Do you, do you know their second best player is? No, I truly don't. Zoran Gra- Dragic, the lesser uh, Dragic The lesser brother. Dragic brother? Oh, my goodness. Yes. He's their second best player, basically. It's just him. It's just Luka. Well, and that's, I think that shows you, you know, everybody wanted to mention how the international pool was getting closer and coming closer to the U.S. And that, in a sense, might be better. But the fact that outside of Team USA, Luca by himself is carrying a Slovenian team. And look, Luca's very good. I'm not trying to take away anything from But that kind of shows you that maybe it's not as close as people thought. It would have been fun if, like, Giannis played for Greece and stuff that that, that would well be- i'm sure yeah i mean you don't have Giannis playing for greece there's a couple other guys that sat out but uh overall the win was a relief for team usa uh needless to say after some players and coaches were up much of the previous night dealing with nba free agency um mm-hmm. a lot of the team uh you know javel mcgee agreed to terms with the Suns, zach levine and the bulls yep. Uh, traded for Lonzo. Marcus Saul is going Bulls, back to Bulls the Lakers. Had a pretty good. Uh, Bulls have had. Bulls, Bulls are a, a an interesting team. Reason. They might be this year's. And I and I, you know, I Lonzo, I ripped the Knicks. Rosen. I I I I ripped the Knicks to shreds, but they might be the 2021-22 version of the Knicks. Surprise some people and will be, be a lower seed playoff team. Be maybe better because I think Levine's better than Randall. For sure. Yes, and the fact now that you have DeRozan and Book. Yes, if if he can stay healthy. Um, so, yeah, Team USA, by the time we, we talk, hopefully has a gold medal in their pocket and we can finally put to rest the do sports you, with a Z and a T theme. That, uh, do you know when the, the gold medal game will be? I could look it up. I know Thursday is the Team USA-Australia game. Um, Maybe over the weekend. Basketball gold medal game. It would be Friday, August 6th at 10.30 p.m. their time. That doesn't list our time. So what would 10... What would 10.30... Like... It would be... 
Oh, no. Friday, August 6th at 10.30 p.m. our time. Oh, really? Yeah. 10.30 p.m. our time? 10.30. That's what it says. Uh, I I hope it's not wrong. That's what it's telling me now. That's not bad. No. They have late for that. And then uh, the Australia game, for those wondering, is uh, at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so that one. <laughs> no, and hopefully they they simply beat Australia. Well, yeah. by the way, don't have Ben Simmons. And uh, just just real quick, you know, on that we're on the topic. Uh, there are reports leaking out that the Sixers are open to bringing Ben Simmons back. So if they do not get that asking price that we've been discussing, Ben Simmons might be a Sixer, and the Sixers are going to try to hashtag run it back and see if Ben Simmons learned how to. Take a jumper after five years. We'll see how that goes. Um, but other than that, next week, Taylor, I, I want to start, and I guess it depends on what happens with the sports scene. I mean, we had the MLB trade deadline this week and <clears throat> the NBA free agency in the draft and a bunch of trades going on in the Olympics are, are wrapping up. So it's been crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to start breaking down our predictions for the NFL season next week. Um this is the last Sunday, everybody, until February, that will not have football. You are welcome, listeners. Hallelujah. So so we will start. I don't know what kind, and we'll do a little bit. I know we have a fantasy podcast in Godzilla Media, but I want to I want to talk, you know, fantasy on our show a little bit. I, I want to talk that. about our divisional breakdowns, our predictions, and really go all in on the football stuff as, as we head up to week one uh, with with three, four weeks left in August. We might have three or four shows. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But um, yeah, so, so that's the plan for our listeners. And obviously give us our four. feedback for four. So we'll, have, so we'll have four more the shows. The first is uh, Tuesday. Okay. Well, actually, it'll come out. It'll come out the first of... Uh, of September. Okay. So we'll have four we'll have four more shows um in the month of August leading up to the start and I want to get into college football predictions as well. I know I know you're not always the biggest college football guy, but I think we'll get you in on it maybe possibly. Yeah. Um, I don't watch but, every game, but you know, I'm I'm No, nah, you're not you're not a I psychopath li- like I, me in Penn State. <laughs> I live for the the college football. You playoff, you so. yeah, no, you you like oh, the overall yeah, like games the where I'm yeah. Everything, yeah. It's fun. So we'll get into all of that um, quickly approaching. Like I said, this is the last week without football on a Sunday until February. So get excited for that. I'd like to thank all our listeners for sticking with us for a full hour and a half. We said that it was going to be a long show, but it had to be a lot going on. Give us our feedback. DM us, either me, Taylor, um, the Sports with a Z and a T account. Let us know what you guys want us to talk about when it comes to football, what predictions you want us or what layouts you you want us to consider, and we will definitely take your considerations as we move forward with our football breakdowns. I would like to thank our sponsors once again, which is Johnstone Supply down in Troy, Saving Face Barbershop, Mohawk Honda, Techies Fire and Water Restoration. The list is getting longer, which means we are growing. Godzilla Media is growing. It's going to be awesome. Taylor, you are at where again for trivia this Thursday? Uh, Across the Street Pub. Across the Street Pub down in Albany. So, Go go visit Taylor down at Across the Street Pub for some trivia on Thursday. There you go, because guys cannot make it, so Taylor's subbing in. I'm sure that will be fun. I cannot make it. It's just a 
busy week for me. But um, other than that, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Gaz and Godzilla Media for giving us this opportunity. Congratulations, Jeff Levesque, oh, for yeah. becoming president. the president no of the Albany El Presidente, El Presidente of yes of Albany. the Albany Empire. Much deserved. The Nothing. Rise of the Empire, nothing but happy for Levesque. Absolutely killing it over there at Tech East and now the president of the Albany Empire. Good luck to them as the playoffs start as well. They're going to um, clean up. They're going to clean, clean up it up. Championship. Go back. I, can we say back-to-back? I, I guess we so. can count it as back-to-back. Yeah, we'll say yeah. back-to-back. We'll back back to back. Going, going to defend Nobody that in between. Exactly. So yeah. going to defend that title. But otherwise... Uh, for Taylor, I am Bryce. This was Sports with the Z and a T podcast. Everybody be safe out there. Enjoy the drier weather, and we will catch you next week. See ya.